gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice. The superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the hall of justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, Bob. And what he does is the Hall of Justice Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. This is episode 204, and this is about the boys. This is not going to be about Batman, Death, and the Family, even though we love that thing. Uh, I've watched it now seven times. There's seven different combinations, and I think it's very fun. And you can't do spoilers because there's a million endings. So that's whatever amazing. It is, if you saw it, <laughs> you, you know. And whatever happens on your viewing doesn't necessarily happen on my viewing. And it's a really cool uh, uh, Blu-ray, and it's out now. And John DiMaggio is going to be coming up next week, uh, which is going to be a hoot because I get to ask him about being Aquaman. Uh, in Batman, the Brave, and the Brave and the Bold, and I'm just going to ask him, can you just say outrageous? Outrageous! Outrageous! I love it! He was outrageous. so perfect. Outrageous! He was so perfect. Uh, that I gotta voice... watch that, though. That, that, you, never, uh... you never saw Batman, the Brave and no, the Bold? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the uh, the Death in the Family, though. I gotta I gotta go get that. Oh, it's yeah. it's, it's outstanding. It's, I can't it's, wait. Can't wait. It's the same continuity. Uh, that's right? Victor Dandridge, by the way. That's your intro. Hey! <laughs> um, it's the same continuity as Under the Red Hood. So right, right. at the beginning, it's a little bit, uh, you know, drawn out. So right. there's a little bit more backstory about because Under the Red Hood starts with Batman racing to exactly, save Exactly, exactly. How does Robin get Batman captured? Mm. You, you see that, that, that. I like that. And that's in the first five minutes. So spoiler, okay. nothing. And then you get choices and it'll go that's so awesome do you want robin to die <laughs> and, or and, and and here's the neat thing and again it's in the first five minutes he says do you want robin to die or does robin escape death or does batman save him and oh wow two different answers oh yeah i'm getting oh, this it's, it's, i'm it's, getting this tonight it's so good it's so good tonight. And Bruce Greenwood's in it, and John DiMaggio plays the Joker, Love and uh, Vincent Martella, who was on last week, uh, plays Jason Todd. Uh, Jensen Eccles doesn't play Red Hood. Right. Vincent Martella does, you know? And if Batman dies, it's essentially the Red Hood, but it's not just a, a, a broadcast of the old movie. Right. There's a twink, There's a, a tweak to it. I'm not going to okay. give it away. All right. There's a little tweak to it, so it's a little different, but it's cool. It's very cool. I like it. And it's a short and it counts as part of their DC showcase. Right. And on the I saw that, they, uh, they that put Judd all Winnick the other ones. liked you. Like uh, he liked your posts about it, which yeah. is amazing because he's the guy that created Red Hood. Yep. So that's out to yeah. him. So we'll see if we can get him. Yes. On the show fingers well. crossed, bro. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, the boys, though. Um, oh, 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 season now, two, baby. Last last uh, time we talked about the boys on this show, uh, we gushed about it. And mm -hmm. what I found was yes. it was really hard to find anything to scrutinize because we just gushed over it so much. <laughs> like there wasn't, 
there wasn't any drama uh, right. from it because it was just that good. That's episode 152. So we have done, this is 204. So we've done a lot of podcasts. Couple, couple things. The boys. Um, right. Wait, that makes it sound two. like it was a literal year ago. Yeah. It's 52. Yeah. Oh my God. And don't forget, I, I slept on the boys because I didn't see, I never read the book. Right, right. And the title didn't do anything for me. And there was so much stuff. This is when the Netflix shows were still right. on for Marvel. There right. was just so much. And we had movies in actual theaters. We had lots of stuff. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff. <laughs> so I didn't know, I, you know, I, I didn't know. And, I, I, you know, it was my mea culpa. And I said it to you and I said it to a lot of people. And I said, I, I, I slept on the show. So this time around, not only did I see it, but I even watched Aisha Tyler's Inside the Boys. Oh, nice. Great. It's a 30-minute show. It's quirky. It's cute. Uh, they give thoughts and prayers at the end of every episode, <laughs> and the actors have to give a thought and a prayer to their characters. That's amazing. It's <laughs> so funny. And it's so funny, and it plays on everything from the, 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 the first season, mm -hmm. but it does more than that in that there are so many subplots that are weaved that you yes. could do a whole review on just the subplots alone, just the subplots alone. Like you don't even have to touch on Huey and right. butcher and, 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 and what's his name? Mother's milk, mother's milk, man. Yeah. Mother's milk. Frenchy. And, right. You don't have to, you don't have to do that. But then there's whole episodes where you flash back and you see where the French guy comes from. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. Holy moly. And Iceman becomes Fire Guy. <laughs> it was amazing. This episode is brought to you by Fresca, by the way. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, this 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 season was tremendous in a in a lot of ways. Um, I have to admit, like one of the things I was really concerned with was uh, the repetition of certain you know character traits. Huey kind of being like you know the little brother of the crew. Um, Butcher always being like the the Billy badass of everything. But they balance things so well throughout the entire like second season. Um, everyone was just kind of amped up in the right way. It wasn't too extreme. Um, you know, we we knew that you know Homelander was you know the the greasy turd that he is, but they managed to do it in a way where there were a couple moments there. I'm not even gonna lie, where I'm like I side with Homelander, and that's a terrible, oh terrible thing. When? When he okay, so and this is so funny. It's towards the end, obviously, when he's asking about Ryan, when he's looking for his son. I 100% agree with him in the way that he was going about it because he's like, you, yes, he's not. He's right. holding a woman hostage. He absolutely was, but he's like, where's my kid? You took my kid. I am going like no. I will. I will murder every soldier in this house. No, and butcher and butcher was just saying, you know. He, he hates that kid and he saved he him and protected him. He sure and did. And for the kid to now have the guilt of oh my Becca, spoilers. Come like, on, come oh on. Dude, that's so dark. All the people I that absolutely can, adore Because you thought Homelander was going to kill her. I, I sure did. Oh. Sure did. I Listen, this, okay, so like starting it off, like let's go back to the beginning of the season. Um, number one, I love that Butcher wasn't there right away. I thought that was very smart. And then they eventually explain where he was. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. don't forget the season one finale. He lays it on the line. He finds out his wife's alive, and he almost gets killed by Homelander. Yep, yep. Like everything about that was was insanely great. Um, 
Butcher Butcher is such a domineering character, though. Like, you know, they were very smart by the by letting the other characters shine and really proving that, you know, Huey, Mother's Milk, Frenchie, um, uh, uh, Kamiko, like, yeah, everybody, Sorry. everybody has purpose, you know, everybody has has clout. And Butcher being around, um, beautifully played by Carl Urban, sometimes overshadows everything. Amazingly, but, amazingly yes, played by yes. Carl. Just the oh looks, just the look when he's looking at his father and he wants to punch his father in the nose. And you believed it. And you believe him. You absolutely believe it. Not only do you believe that he wants to punch his father, you believe that all the things that he's ever felt about his father are 100% true. Yep. 100%. I mean, the casting um, in this show, Aaron Moriarty is brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. Oh my God. Yes, um, yes, and more yes. Anthony Starr as Homelander. He is divine. Dude. Like He's phenomenal. Dude. Did you did you see the the thing that there was a meme that was going around? Um, there was a I don't know if it was for San Diego Comic Con or, or some show that did like a piece on the boys and Anthony was there um, and he's not a natural blonde. No, and he and wears, he's in the he's glasses. in the Aisha Tyler show a bunch. Yeah, and people were like, "Who is this guy?" Like they didn't realize that he was Homelander, and it's now made everyone like redirect their whole criticisms of Clark Kent and Superman. Like, wait, you mean glasses and a hair and change a actually <laughs> and, a, and a hairstyle? <laughs> yeah, it's like it really does kind of change how a person Mr. looks. Reeve is smiling in his grave right now. Like, <laughs> he's like, like "I told y'all, been told y'all." Um, um, yeah, no, no but Anthony he's great. A Anthony great. Starr is is great. Um, I want to give a special shout out to Jesse T. Usher. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We had him on the show That's so before awesome. the before season one, and I didn't right? know. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't it, even it, know it he happens. was. He could have said he was playing A Train, and I wouldn't have known right? what that was. And wouldn't even know he, who that was. And on top of that, um, Elizabeth Shue makes the appearance. Yes, you're like, how is this possible? Whoa! And, Does that creep and you, you out? Wonder, and like you just wonder. Um, and Aya Cash, and I just want to say something about Aya Cash, yeah, because I have said in the in, uh, in the 200 episodes that we've done, mm -hmm. I have told you about the show that I adore, which is called You're the Worst, mm -hmm. and she plays the main character in You're the Worst, and that show is when I say brilliant, it's brilliant, right. um, very very different. It's a, it's about two self absorbed people who deserve each other. <laughs> and they that, that's, so that, well that's the whole that's the whole story. But then it gets really dark because she has um, clinical depression. Right. And she gets involved in that. Anyway, the, the reason why you're the worst plays into the way I saw Stormfront mm -hmm. or Liberty or Nazi or whatever you want to call <laughs> her um, is in the beginning of season two, she plays a person who's obsessed with her selfies and her phone and she's playing the girl from you're the worst. That's amazing. And you, it is, it is, there's no way you think for a second that she could be Liberty, that she could be a hundred years old. There's right. no way. And then when you find out Blows she your mind. changes and she yeah, shows the depth of acting. Oh my God. No. Cause like, she seems like the most progressive mind in terms of how she's using social media. Like she is, she is millennial presentation, like perfectly done. Perfect. Right. To know that she's this hundred year old woman. And you're like, wait, what? That's crazy. It's a quick timeout. I got to tell you something that's going on in my other podcast. Okay. Here it is.
Back with more of Sports with Friends in just a moment. But first, we want to welcome a new sponsor to this show. Sports with Friends is now brought to you by Manscaped. What's Manscaped? Well, they're just simply the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Yeah, I said it. Below-the-waist. Listen, gentlemen, I'm talking to you. We've all had to be there. We've all had to do it. Whether you are right now doing it for a partner or you're doing it because you're hoping for a partner, we have to groom. And yes, when it's about women, they talk about it all the time. There's pictures of it. You can see it. And it's in popular culture. But no one ever talks about us. We never talk about it. I will never go on Twitter. Well, now I will. I've never gone on Twitter before and said, shave my balls today. And I don't know how to do it. And I don't know what to do right. I don't get it. That's why Manscaped has redesigned their electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. It's the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. Now, this is premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. It's waterproof. You can do it in the shower. There's an LED light, which illuminates the grooming areas. And I can say from firsthand knowledge, that is very valuable. No, I'm not doing it in the dark. Stop asking me that. But when you have that light, you're pointing at exactly the right spot. And let's be honest, you do not want to miss. They've upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And when they told me that, I did want to look it up and just make sure I knew what it was. It comes with a charging stand, so when people go in your bathroom, they'll see it and they'll go, this guy pays attention. This is a classy thing. And I've always been told, just be classy. Trim it. Trim it make it look good if you're listening i want you to experience it firsthand so we have a deal with manscaped go to manscaped.com and you can get 20 percent off and free shipping i mean free shipping alone is great 20 percent off free shipping with the code friends and we've done codes like this and it's so funny because every time they do the code and it's always friends i always think of and now you'll never forget the code <laughs> you gotta try manscape try the lawnmower 3.0 get 20 percent off free shipping with the code friends at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code friends and yes photos are available upon request i gotta give a special shout out to Giancarlo esposito um the oh, god yes. that he is um he anytime that he's on screen he's the biggest guy no matter if he's the shortest man in the room it makes no difference um he he was fantastic um in, in this season i i adored him every time he showed up uh, Giancarlo Esposito is episode 42. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We should get uh, him back, actually. He uh, he came on 
uh, to talk about Breaking Bad. Yes. So Genius. that's pre Better Call Genius. Saul and The Boys. That's right. And, that's right. And it wasn't like we didn't know. He didn't know. He <laughs> so didn't know. He wasn't there. That, that was long enough. That was. That was can, let's let's get him. Let's get him back. Let's talk about this, especially. Uh, I, yeah, there's lines that he dropped in this one, um, specifically that one about you know throwing a tantrum and the notion of privilege behind it. Man, that was that was that was dope. It was it was cool. I thought Vought though was mm-hmm. muted, and it could be by de- <clears throat> by design. But right? if you think about it, like when when Homelander when the video leaks of Homelander, mm-hmm. and and then they, you know, all of a sudden they hate him for a while, and Stormfront's gonna fix it. Like Vought doesn't fix it, right? And when the seven, you know, the the argument of who the seven is, like you spend more time with that cockamamie church talking about the seven than you ever do at Vaught. That's true. I, I just, I just think that their role is minimized in this. And then maybe it's to just set the table for the future because you're right. Everything you're saying about Giancarlo Esposito is right. I just right. didn't think his character was necessary. Well, um, it's, it's in was the just way like that... a placeholder. Well, he, they they play things differently because he was always the guy behind the scenes. He never did things up front, right. even in season one. Um, and so with Madeline being gone um, and, and Ashley now taking her place, Ashley is inept in terms of what she can do versus Madeline. So it makes sense that Vaught's capacity to, to jump in front of things is diminished because the person who could get it done isn't there anymore. And, you know, where as we saw for the various reasons, Madeline could control Homelander where Ashley is terrified of him. Like she is scared of him, can't stand up to him under any circumstance. Um, and, and he runs her. So he very effectively in the story, even pushed Vaught to the, to the back burner. And I thought that was brilliant. Um, the way that they also expanded where Vault Vaught is in the spectrum of, supers and all that stuff like there's there's the public face of Vaught but then there's the many layers underneath um, which obviously led us to you know lamplighter and all that good stuff Um, that's brilliant and you found out in the compound v and they get outed but you thought it was going to be the end and every time you think this show can't go on anymore because it's it's crescendoing and it doesn't um and that that's pretty amazing the way they referenced um the deep and yes horrific thing and then when uh may mave what's yeah yeah queen mave queen Queen mave yes her girlfriend discovers the video of the airplane scene which is oh my god the single greatest scene in any season of the boys yes that is a heart-wrenching scene it really is and they go back they they revisit it and you Mm -hmm. don't relive it like you don't you don't relive it the way TV shows used to, like with you know thought bubbles, and all of a sudden it would be foggy, and the next thing you know they're reliving it. This was on an iPhone. Yeah, and, and she finds it, and she discovers it, and oh my god, she just sees how it played out. And what oh I love god. is the honesty of it turned her. She was like, "Yeah, you, totally. you did this," and even even you know maybe even explaining like I had no choice, she, and she didn't have a choice. She didn't, but. You know, it's difficult when the most powerful person that you know is is subjugated. Like you can't think that way. It's so difficult to see them as submissive to anybody, um, especially a character whose 
public presentation is as vainglorious as Homelander's. Like, you know, he presents himself like this, you know, up, up tip top person. So for her to be like, no, he made me do this. You're like, mm, did he, did he, you know, it was, it was beautiful. I love the way that they were politicizing her relationship. You know, that was such oh, a, a was dark twist. It was amazing. And she's Absolutely. bisexual and he goes, no, lesbian plays. Right. Like bisexual, that's that's not enough. Like, no, no, no. Let's lean into this. Um that's crazy. It's it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Um, I just, uh, yeah, literally, I love the way that they did everything in this season because there were so many things that they that they grew, like the church. The church is is fascinating um for a number of reasons. Like, now I'm not as as bad as it is. I literally have the first three trade paperbacks in my office and I have not finished them. So I don't know how much the church plays into right. uh the books but but stormfront's a man that's what i thought right. I, that's what i thought okay um the, the stormfront's a man and the deep has a helmet and right. they didn't they chose to get rid of the they helmet this is from them. the aisha tyler show they chose to get rid of the helmet because right. they hired chase crawford and they wanted him Which, i mean to be on screen show his face absolutely now is yeah. is the church in the book yeah. Oh, yeah. The church okay. is in the book. The church is in the book. I don't know what the I don't know what the future holds. Right. And it makes it seem. And this is what I meant by Giancarlo Esposito was muted. Mm -hmm. uh, Alistair Adanya, mm -hmm. um, who is uh, uh, he was to me more menacing. And I can see that I can it's because of that. his character. You don't know where he's going. Whereas right. you knew what Giancarlo Esposito's endgame was, which all he wants to do is protect Vaughn. Right. And he definitely had like the devil's beard, though. Like that was oh, yeah. <laughs> the he most was, evil beard of he all was, time. He could be in anything. Like <laughs> Goran Visnijic. Uh, yes. I, I don't yes. know how I'm saying his name, but uh, he was great. He was, was and the way he talks to A-Train was so great. Oh, my God. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it's it. absolutely brilliant. And it's so funny because what... A train does to Huey's girlfriend in the first scene of the boys is a you know abhorrent. Yes, but what she, what the deep does to uh, Annie is, is way worse. Yeah. in my in my head. Yes, way worse, way way worse. Because one was one was an absolute accident. Right, right. You know, it was a negligent accident. But what the deep does is oh, that's disgusting. purposeful. It's dark um, and. It, what I what I do adore though is the lasting repercussions of it. Like this is a story that could only be told now, and it have any real weight. You know, if you figure this, if this came out ten years ago, pre the Me Too movement, this this story would be like, why are we still talking about this? And that sounds terrible, but that's literally the way the public perception of sexual harassment went. It was a thing you addressed it right quick, and then you didn't talk about it anymore. There were no long lasting repercussions, and even now i mean we're literally into the second season and he's still trying to make up for what he did um i tell you who who deserves some retribution though the whale the whale that they just <laughs> that they killed deserves a shot man what is that episode three? Oh my god that was <laughs> and i loved huey just sat there i was like no nah, i'm not leaving i'm just i'm in the whale i mean i'm jonah i'm in the whale this is this is terrible <laughs> and he goes I'm good. <laughs> yeah, just, just, you know, because I mean, come on, man, who, who would have ever thought that I would end, that you would end up in a whale? Oh, like that's not God. even a thing. Totally, it was and amazing. It's, it's so funny to see the evolution of Eric Kripke 
who did mm-hmm. not create the comic book, but he created the show. Mm-hmm. And his past shows, he worked on Supernatural. He created Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Uh, he created Revolution, which I saw every episode. Really? Yeah. I didn't and know that. And that's okay. a great show. That, that was, was a good one. I, I love that show. Yeah. He also created Timeless, which was not great, but I love Timeless. I watched, I saw every episode of Timeless. Even they got a movie to finish it off. Right. And, and I thought that was really cool. And you see elements of all of that uh, right. in The Boys. More of the Hall of Justice, but first a message from DC Comics and Warner Brothers Home Entertainment, Stargirl, the complete first season. Stargirl was on the DC Universe, then moved to the CW, and it is a great show. And I'm not just saying that. It's now available on digital, Blu-ray, DVD. It's available September 29th, so next week, if you're listening to this, on the day that it was released. It's about Jeff Johns and his career in comic books he created star girl lovingly inspired by his late sister who was killed in a plane explosion courtney whitmore as she inspires an unlikely group of young heroes it's cute it has legacy in dc there's the justice society of america and then there's this teenagers and the villains have arcs to them and we had nelson lee on the podcast and he talks about the series, and even though you don't ever see his face, <laughs> we didn't know that at the time. Uh, he's great, and the storylines are great. We're not going to spoil the end, but it was a great first season, and it got renewed for a season two. Breck Bessinger is great. She's fantastic. We told you about Nelson Lee. Amy Smart's in it. Luke Wilson, uh, old school himself. Luke Wilson is in it. Uh, he's great, too. Um, the whole show is just a lot of fun. And again, it was originally DC Universe. It was then on the CW. That's where I saw it. And now it's out on Blu-ray, digital, and DVD. And it's great. And it can play with Voodoo and iTunes and all the available retailers that you can find. Uh, If you're quarantined and you haven't seen this yet, it's a great show. It's really enjoyable. Um, I would say it's as good as anything else with the CW. And uh, if you watch The Crisis on Infinite Earths, it's in it. It's, it's part of it. So uh, it's all connected. Stargirl, the complete first season, is currently available to own on digital, Blu-ray, and DVD. Now back to the show. This is like, this is like his, his, his ultimate. Like, this is so good. Yeah. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. Now- he tried to do a series on Dead Man. Uh, did he? It didn't work, but it didn't work. He did. Uh, he wrote the WB's Tarzan, which was canceled after eight episodes. Wow. I would actually like to go back and see that now. And he's from Toledo, Ohio. Hey, around my neck of the woods. What and up? he's Jewish. And he and he knew that she was going to be a Nazi. And Aya Cash is Jewish, too. That's even better, man. Aya Cash said, as Ooh. a Jewish person, it was, I wanted to play a Nazi. I, I wanted to play a Nazi and I wanted to show how disgusting she was. That's amazing because she, she played it. So there's a caricature of, of hateful that we see hers was so very like 1940s. reserved. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like it was, it was, it was meticulous. It was oh. well thought out. It, it wasn't hitting you over the head. The way she went about it was as though she had 1940s mentality, 
but existed today and how she knew there was things that she could say, there's things that she couldn't say, no matter how she felt, um, no matter what she intended, uh, she knew how to play the game. And that's, that's dark. Um, I tell you the thing that, that got me though, was when her and Homelander started hooking up, that was some of the scariest stuff I think I've ever seen. Do my tits. Like, seriously, like, come on. She nails that line. Oh my God. Well, when, he is he is so I mean, he's masturbating on the rooftop at the I end mean, of the show. And, and he's drinking that disgusting milk. Right. And and forget the fact that it comes from a human being. It comes from a dead human being, and right? it's probably old. But he loves it. Ugh. He loves it. Come on. Listen, you know it was crazy when he had uh the, the doppelganger dude yeah. shapeshift into her. Oh god. And then that. and then for come on for a hot second when he shapeshifted into Homelander. Yeah. And you're like, he's really gonna do this. He's really <laughs> he's really gonna do this. Ooh, that's dark. That's so it's dark. dark. It's dark. But the other um the other uh character uh actor that I wanted to give a, a well, there's two. Mm-hmm. Uh Nathan Mitchell plays Black Noir. Yes. You don't know that, but right? Nathan Mitchell did a couple of those interviews with Aisha Tyler. And nice. he's fascinating. That's awesome. What a deep thinker. What a really neat guy. That's awesome. That's awesome. I don't know him from anything, but he's in it. And all you wanted for him to get. And to me, you know, just like the whale is the kind of the what the F like mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of feeling. They, they get him with, with nuts. <laughs> he's a nut yes. allergy. And you're just like, wait, what? What a what a crazy crazy like that's crazy. Uh, Nathan is actually a carryover from um, Supernatural, Timeless. He was in both of those, so oh, he, was. he clearly you know has a has a history with the showrunner. Um, you, the thing that I loved about uh, Black Nathan Noir though, Mitchell is in time is in Timeless. Yeah, as what? Uh, let me look that up for you because no, hold on, IMDb is my friend. Oh, he's in I one episode that. of Timeless. Yeah, he's Jay says jay he's yeah, kelvin yeah. in supernatural um, right because timeless the main character is played by malcolm barrett right he plays right. rufus um and uh patterson joseph plays connor mason mm-hmm. um and you know the way the way and matt lanter who we've been trying because he's anakin skywalker matt lanter plays the main guy of timeless and right my new uh obsession abigail spencer I'm not mad at that. She plays Lucy and Timeless, but she's also in this wackadoodle show on Netflix called Rectify. Okay. Holy moly. It takes place in the deep south. And it's about a guy who was on death row for uh, murder. Mm -hmm. And 20 years later gets exonerated. Oh, my God. And gets let out. And it's about his reintroduction to society. That's crazy. It's it's wild and it's it's some I don't know how it got on Netflix. It's not a Netflix show, but it's on Netflix and it's right. wild. It's, that is amazing. It's like they're in a very small town, I think, in Georgia, mm-hmm. and everybody knows everybody, and it's a very small town. And they you know they try to piece together who did it, but she plays the guy's sister, um, and she's amazing in it. She she's, that's brilliant, Abigail Spencer, but. That's a tangent, but anyway. No, 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 no. That's good Black stuff. Black Noir. Uh, I yeah. was, I was very impressed with. I just everybody. Like I said. Oh, the the other person is, uh, Kimiko. Uh, yes. Karen yes. Fukuhara, mm-hmm. who's been in a bunch of things. She and she. First of all, for somebody who doesn't talk, she's brilliant. brilliant. She's, absolutely she, brilliant. She's absolutely great. 
she was also in uh, she was Katana in Suicide Squad. Mm -hmm. The film uh, Suicide Squad, even though there's been another Katana in the Arrowverse. Right. She's also in uh, She-Ra, Princess of Power. Oh, is she? I didn't know that. Okay. Nice. Okay. She talks a lot in that. (laughs) Ironically. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> i want to i want to give a shout out to langston kerman uh who was uh eagle the the archer um i enjoyed his character you know as much as like you said the the arrow thing um this this show does a great job of taking analogs of uh you know popular tropes and making them fun and cool um there was something really interesting about you know him being from cleveland and you know representing in that way i just loved it like maybe that's part of the ohio boy in me and obviously the showrunner so yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, it's just it's it's it's. Fa- I mean, I knew this podcast would turn into this. Like, it's just it's just great. It's just it great. Is. You find out that Aya Cash is a Nazi uh, from the forties, who's a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the forties. She's you know she's born in the twenties, and she 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 married the original Vought, the guy right. who created Vought uh, industry, and she just wants to create an Aryan race of super beings, and. As comic booky as that sounds, it's grounded in reality. Very much so. And very, everyone's very a so. pawn. Everybody in it is, is a pawn. And they all have their arcs. And Annie's arc is brilliant. She's so good in that show. Indeed. Um, and Starlight has this whole journey. And she eventually becomes badass. And she kills somebody. And she hates it. But she kind of gets gets into it. You know, she just right, figures right. it out. Um, and she deals with it. Um everybody has an arc and everybody has their personality and like every character is fully developed. Yes. When can you say that about everybody? Dude, you, you, you can't like, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Um, Especially when you have like such a star studded cast, everybody got shine, like literally everyone. Um, Like I'm sitting here going through the, the cast list and I'm like, is there a character that we don't have an even deeper understanding of, you know, in this season than we did the last one. And like, we, we've got everybody. The hits just keep on coming with Warner Brothers. And this is not animation. This is about some live action CW Batwoman. The complete first season is now available on Blu-ray, DVD, and on demand. The Blu-ray includes a limited edition bonus disc. The Blu-ray includes a limited edition bonus disc with all five episodes of the crossover event. The crisis on infinite earths and bonus features galore batwoman is the first season of this brand new series and it's the only season that's going to feature ruby rose as kate kane because there's going to be major changes going on in next season there's a new batwoman there's a new character it's a whole new thing this is the definitive batwoman and this is the first season and it's the only season featuring kate kane you can check it out on blu-ray Meanwhile, meanwhile, The Flash Season 6 is also out on Blu-ray this week, and that includes five episodes of the crossover Crisis on Infinite Earths as well. And the best moment there is actually from Arrow, where Grant Gustin Flash meets Ezra Miller. And if you think about everything from the fandom, that connects to Grant Gustin. That's pretty, pretty phenomenal. The Flash Season 6 is available on Blu-ray, DVD, and on demand august 25th this is the most recent season of the flash and of course it was shortened a bit by COVID 19 so was batwoman 
but they tied up the stories and you can see exactly how and really the cliffhangers that are at the end of these seasons you need to see before you can find out when season seven begins or season two of Batwoman. The Flash season six, Batwoman season one, both available wherever you can find Blu-rays, DVDs, and on-demand digital. I love the deep, like even going through the whole process of being indoctrinated into the church and making and coming full circle and being like, I hate this place. Like, <laughs> like that's that's brilliant, man. Yeah. Like that's that's such a hard thing to pull off, but they do such a good job of it. And it's it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, I want more of Mother's Milk, though. I, I think he is such got a to go home at the end. I know. Right. Like Laz is such a great um character actor and he's he's multicultural like in a lot of ways um obviously you know you look at him you can see he's black man um but he's played hispanic he's played um so many different you know ethnicities and it all works it all seems authentic um so i just love his portrayal of things um i, I love him he's awesome he i loved him since avatar? stomp the yard yes 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 stomp the yard yep yeah. um he was in um fast and furious Yep. Four, I guess. Yep. And you hated him in Fast and the Furious. You kind of wanted to hate him in Avatar because um, he was anti Jake Sully the whole time um, until. Um, but yeah, like, dude is brilliant. Dude is brilliant. He makes you like to see how, how many things I've seen him in where I don't like him and to see him in this and I absolutely adore him um, is amazing. I feel bad, though. Uh, he got attacked uh, by an extending penis. Um, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. It's 2020. No one that. should ever, no one should have to suffer that. Um. <laughs> I think I remember texting you going, I can't wait to do this podcast so we can talk about the whale and that supersedes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude has uh, an that elongated was so penis. Funny. That was, that was so amazing. Funny. Absolutely amazing. Um, okay. So did you figure out before they showed it, who was blowing up everyone's head? No. Did no, you have any guesses? Thought the red herring, you know, the red herring was the girl in the yes, uh, that, that that girl with the shaved head. Yes, and I totally thought it was her, her. Totally because of did. their reaction when she blows up a couple of people. But if you notice, right. she doesn't blow up their head; she blows them their whole the, bodies up completely. And that, but you only see that after rewatching it because. Right. But the way they see it, and Frenchie just looks at her and goes, "We got to get out of here!" Like, like they they make a run for it, right? And you see that and then it, it happens and the fact that she was doing it uh in the room where That's it was crazy. happening that was i mean crazy it was, it was brilliant did you you didn't know no not at, not at all not at all i had no clue whatsoever um i thought it could have been stormfront um but even she's like no that's not me i'm not doing it um and i believed her i don't know why i believed her the woman is hateful but i definitely believed her um right. and had no clue had no clue as to who was doing it um I did. I did really like um, the the girl power moment, um, and I know that there's a lot of people that are online talking about the comparison between it and Endgame, where you, know, you got Captain Marvel and and all the ladies of the MCU, you know, you know, standing behind her, and she's not doing this alone, and that was great. But this one was a far more natural version of it when it was Maeve, um, Kumiko, and 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 Starlight fighting Stormfront. There was something oh, yeah. so dope about the way that they just kind of was like, this is how it's going down. Okay. Like, well, and that's, that's uh, to me, that reminded me of Endgame, 
when right. all of a sudden the women take over and they're going to get the gauntlet to you know to to where they need to get it of course um, to the to the ant-man van or whatever <laughs> whatever um but that that felt like the same thing like it totally it was, felt like the same thing but i think it did it better and and i think part of the reason why it, it definitely counts as better to me is because in this absolute moment um the guys were 100% outmatched. No one of, you know, on their side had powers, none of them. So they knew they were out of this fight. And so for the women to, to jump in there and go, no, we're, we're about to handle this. Um, it, it rose all of their clout, uh, in a big, bad way. I think all the ladies, you know, for whatever reason had been deemed somehow lesser than the tenacity of the guys. And that is dead. That whole idea, um, completely. The only thing, and if it's, it's so small, Mm -hmm. But if the only thing I could say about the finale is it all happened so fast. It did. It did. Um, the Rebecca scene is so overshadowed by the defeat of Stormfront. Mm -hmm. um, and those things are happening at the same time. Right. And right. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It just, you could have split those. I, I, you know, I don't know what their budgets call for. I, I don't know how they commission these things. Right. Um, you know, to me, you know, remember how we used to say that Luke Cage was four episodes too long, right? This was we like two episodes too short. Yeah, we could have definitely gone for a little bit longer. I, I would have liked that for but sure. It leaves you wanting more, and it definitely does. Whenever they can film season three, like <laughs> there's a great scene in the um, in the Aisha Tyler show where Eric Kripke uh says, you know, they're not sure or he won't say, um, who you know you know, who's behind everything or where it's going or right. what, you know, what I think it was about uh, Giancarlo Esposito's character or mm -hmm. something. And uh, Anthony, uh, the dude who plays Homelander, he says, he comes out and he goes, oh, who are you kidding? You haven't written it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't tell all the secrets. Although we do know some stuff that's coming in season three. Uh, we know Jansen Eccles, Eccles is joining the cast as a soldier boy. Um, and there's going to be some plays on that. So and that, um, that fits because it's Eric Kripke. Right, right. Um, we also know that there's going to be a scene uh, that's dubbed Hero Gasm, um, which in the books, I do know this from the books. Uh, there was a, a big, uh, we'll call it a vacation that gets very sexy, very sticky with all the heroes. And uh, apparently that's going to be shown in, in season three. So that's going to be amazing. <laughs> um, Absolutely amazing. I, it, 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 it's great. Uh, one thing we talked about in the episode uh, beforehand, but in the books, the character of Huey mm -hmm. is based on Simon Pegg. Yes, yes. And in season one, he plays Huey's father. He's not in season two, but um, that was the uh, Pegg is the visual inspiration for the comic book Huey. Very much so. Very much so. Like you can't you can't not see it. It's kind of brilliant. I think that's pretty amazing, though. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, well, and it also kind of marks the the time period, like when the boys first came out. Simon Pegg was one of the biggest, you know, non-hero heroes Star of Trek of just come out the first one, right? I don't even know if it was that like late. Uh, I think this is still like Shaun of the Dead, even uh, okay. um, like that early. So you know, Simon plays like the 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 unbeknownst hero really really well he's not super ripped you know uh you know arguably he has a quote-unquote weak chin you know so it's not like you he looks like he can take a punch so he plays the every every man so good that yeah if that's what you want you know huey to be he's perfect um 
now you know jack does a great job i didn't realize jack quaid was megan uh um uh, Ryan and dennis quaid's yeah dennis uh, quaid's friend. kid i didn't realize that um and then like once i found out i could see nothing but them like that's that's wild we can give a shout out because it happened on last episode uh someone who knows them and knows jack very well is gary mm-hmm. mirianu because he was oh, doing publicity sweet. for dennis and meg when, wow. uh, when jack was a baby that's amazing that's kind of like amazing. my patrick mahomes th- story <laughs> six degrees man if patrick that. mahomes patrick mahomes uh when he was three years old came to twin spring training and apparently according to eyewitness reports i played catch with him <laughs> own that own that he would be nothing and without now, you <laughs> he's a super bowl mvp and i played catch right. with the super bowl mvp when he was three years old yeah that's right does that yeah. make you feel old does that like be honest does that does that kind of hit you in a space where you're like wait i'm old enough oh, where it, it, it kills me it, it's, it's awful <laughs> <laughs> it's totally awful i'm sorry um, yeah well i mean the manager of the minnesota twins to me is a rookie Right, because I covered rookie, Rocco Baldelli when he was a rookie. I I met him at the rookie career development program. He's a manager now. It's That's the amazing. weirdest feeling. It's, it's, That's amazing. <laughs> and, and in this in this quarantine time, you can't go up to players. Right. No media can go directly up to players, um, and everything's got to be you know six feet apart. But right. before quarantine, it was really hard for me to interview today's athletes. There's right. a twenty year age difference true and it's, true. it's it's noticeable like you can't you can't not connect it it's that's very wild. weird it's very very weird that's so wild. all I right what that. else can we say about this i mean um rewatch is, everything because there's, there's hidden again. things yeah watch yeah. it again and trust us when we say i i slept on this show the first time it came out just trust us we are yes. not selling this we have no obligation whatsoever to sell this that's right. That's right. It's really good. It's a great show. It's a great show. And over the top in all the best ways. Yeah, we don't know anybody there. We, we can't. Yeah. But, you know, nobody told us we had to say something nice about death in the family either. But <laughs> <laughs> but we wanted to. But we wanted to. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And it's just so funny. And you mentioned the, the, the costumes. Uh, when the first season happens, and I'm re- right? referencing stuff that we never talked about, I didn't realize that A-Train was Jesse Usher. Until he took the right. costume off, and then and he was in the totally mask. And I, just, I didn't know. I just I didn't. You're like, wait, I, wait a minute. That's I hilarious. Like, who, and who who is Aaron Moriarty? She is brilliant. Oh my god, brilliant. she plays the girl next door so so very well. Like she was tailor made to do it. Um, she's absolutely brilliant. She was in Jessica Jones. Yes, yeah. yes she was. Yeah, yeah she was. That's and uh, yeah, super awesome, super duper awesome. All right. Well, coming up on the show, uh, John DiMaggio next. Outrageous. Uh, we're very excited for that. And we have some other surprises. Uh, you have a Walking Dead thing coming up on the show. Yes. Yes. Can't wait to hear. And uh, just the podcast is cruising. And uh, all we can say is stay safe, stay home, do whatever you can. Oh, vote, please. Yeah, pretty please. Vote. Get out there. Wherever you're listening to this, it might be hard. And if you're listening outside of the United States of America, all I can say is don't laugh at us too much. Mm. Mm. No, no, laugh, laugh. (laughs) We got to We got to learn. I remember last year I was in Italy in London and they were like, you're American. (laughs) (laughs) Now you can't even go. 
so he can laugh at you. Uh, For Victor Dandridge, I'm Seth Everett. Thanks for listening, and thank you for subscribing. We'll see you next week. Believe it or not, I'm walking on.